Hey, this is Joseph Thompson. Thanks for listening to the Open Spaces podcast. Why don't you sit back, relax, and join me as we take a journey together into wide open spaces. And welcome to yet another scintillating episode of Open Spaces with my, not my favorite guest. (laughs) Uh, Of course, my wife is my favorite guest. So this is my second favorite guest of all time. Welcome with me, everybody, Chris, the massive midget... (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chris, there was so much I wanted to actually say, so you should be grateful that that's where I stopped, because I have all these stories that I want to tell about you. Welcome to the show, man. I was almost offended, but (laughs) Shola is awesome, so (laughs) she could be number one. And, you know, if you never told these people that I was small in stature, they wouldn't know. Because you have this Barry White voice that... Exactly. There you go. <laughs> so you're, you're much taller. Your voice is much taller than you actually I are. I have a right? perfect build for radio. That, that, exactly. <laughs> See? Perfect. <laughs> oh, my gosh. A face Chris. for radio. Oh, no. That, that's not true. Not, not your face. Uh, your, your face would do well on TV. Uh, your face would do... I, I don't want to... Bring the camera down. Uh, I don't want to offend Honey Boo. <laughs> and we'll we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Uh, listen, um, hey guys, you know the last couple of weeks have been uh, pretty interesting because I've addressed what uh, many would say are some potentially volatile issues. Uh, we, we've we've talked about Roe v. Wade and the potential overturning of that um, uh, legislation and what sort of impact that would have on uh, women. We've talked about immigration and uh, how that plays out in terms of um, people immigrating to America um, and w- why, as we why we're building a wall and what what message we're sending with all of that. And then, of course, we spoke about gun control in the wake of all the uh, killings that seem to have uh, overtaken so much of, of the culture of late. And our country seems to be the worst in the world when it comes to this sort of thing. For certain, um, this happens in many countries in, around the world, but not to the devastating effects that it happens here. And so we addressed all of those. And because I'm a sucker for punishment and I'm no slouch, uh, this week, Chris and I are going to address yet another meddlesome issue. We're going to be talking uh, about some issues that have to do more directly with Christ followers and the church today, um, as opposed to the broader uh, um, population like we have the last couple of weeks. And so um, let me sort of set the tone for that, because uh, a couple of days ago, Chris and I, we hang out together, believe it or not, and so if you couldn't tell from our banter, uh, we we were talking about... um, some something specific uh, to do with uh, the ministry that God has 
has laid so heavily on his heart and that he started he and Laurie doing in such an incredibly effective and efficient way. It's called Historia Ministry Group, and we talked about it a little bit uh, on this show. And at the end of the show today, uh, he'll also throw out a little bit of information on how you can connect with them and get involved. But um, specifically, I was asking Chris how the ministry was going and the the next uh, um, retreat uh, that's upcoming, what what that's going to look like and all of that. And... um, In this conversation, when he spoke about what he felt God had called him specifically to do, I realized that Chris and myself have sort of a different sense of our purpose. And and, and to be clear, this is not meant to be an argumentative or confrontational issue. It's simply the fact that Chris feels more of a calling to the insider. And and so for for clarity of understanding, let me define these terms. When I say the insider, I'm talking about those who have professed to be Christ followers and who are part of a local church. Those who attend a church, who profess to be Christ followers and choose to live their lives in that context in a public sense. Those are the people I'm referring to as insiders. I, on the other hand, feel a stronger pull towards the outsider. Uh, The outsiders, uh, again, for obvious reasons I'll define, are those who have not yet uh, embraced um, a personal relationship with Jesus. And I choose to call the outsider the unredeemed prophets because there are so many outsiders who are playing incredible music. They are um, teaching incredible things, all from a secular perspective. Uh, perspective from their own understanding, but these are brilliant geniuses who would do so well in propagating the message of the gospel as insiders. Uh, And I call these people unredeemed prophets, if you like. Uh, That's a term that I heard from a very good friend of mine many years ago. And um, before you start judging about, well, how how come Chris is uh, called to uh, insiders and you are called to outsiders, let me be very clear that that is biblical And there is a scriptural principle behind it. So in case you are wondering where it is, let me uh, point that out. So we use a a scriptural basis to set the stage for that. In the Bible, in the book of Galatians in chapter 2, the Bible begins in verse 11 about this story about Peter and Paul. And here's how it goes. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? Well, I love this story because all too often it reminds me that we have a tendency to hold judgment very harshly over people who are outsiders because we expect them to live the way we do as Christ followers, even though they don't profess to believe the same thing we do. And that's the hypocrisy that Paul is talking about that seems so endemic in the church. 
And so I feel very called to the outsider because there's less complication in the sense that I, I don't feel like I need to have them live the way the scripture calls me to live. Mm. I'm not interested in that. So I feel less inclined, um, or let's put it a, a different way. I have more tolerance for their choices and decisions that are outside of the council of scripture than I do for Christ followers who profess to be Christ followers, but live these secret lives and give the impression on the outside that, oh yeah, we are great people, we love God, we, we do this, we, do, we follow all the precepts, we pray, we worship, we give. But in reality, it, it, when it comes to it, they're not actually living that. So hence the idea that we're seen as hypocrites. But I, I don't, I'm not trying to get on a soapbox here. This is, I was just trying to explain why I feel such a strong calling to the outsider and it, I find it easier and more refreshing because I know what to expect. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, Chris, talk to me about you and why, why do you feel such a strong calling towards the insider? What is it about the insider? It does sound strange. We're called to, uh, to carry the gospel to unbelievers uh, across the nations, right? And so um, I think that's where, um, by and large, where most people set off to. And uh, this didn't come to me until just recently, uh, as we were working through our program and realized uh, just how many people that are in the church that I would just classify as lost. Um, they are the lost. Um, there's a, a large group of people. Jesus taught that, that Christians would be recognizable by their distinct behavior, right? Uh, Absolutely. By the way that they live, the way that they love, they love other yes. people. Yes. Uh, and um, the church is often... Um, criticized uh, for not being who they say they are. Well, justifiably, right? Yes. And, and that I'm not pointing fingers because I'm one of those. I'm in the church. Yep. So this is not me pointing fingers and sitting on the outside. We are seen as hypocritical because yes. we don't seem to live what we preach that others should live. That's it. And so uh, that, that had me asking a question. Why? Why are people not living out their faith. And so we went searching for some metrics. Uh, you know, what, what, how do we measure that? How do we measure the level of somebody's faith? And a couple of key indicators would be, um, in our faith, would be giving. Uh, we're never more like God than we're giving. Uh, and by of, giving, you're not just talking money. You're no. also talking of time, time. of va the things that yeah. are valuable to yeah. you, just giving, yeah, generosity. Said, uh, time, talent, and treasure yeah. has been used okay. in the past. And, okay. uh, so those three things would, uh, would show somebody's heart, right? Okay. Uh, not just, uh, I'm not just checking a box and uh, going on Sundays and trying to fill my spiritual life for one hour mm -hmm. of a week. Um, this is something that I'm living out that I consider to be high priority in my life. And so we went out looking for um, some of those indicators and just seeing what, what do the metrics say. And, um, uh, you know, the, one of the things that I found out there was a couple of quotes from, from big-time Christian leaders, Billy Graham being one of them, mm -hmm. on a show that he was on on TV, I believe, uh, was quoted as saying that he would be surprised if he saw 15% of the people, the millions of people that he reached over the years that he uh, evangelized, evangelized mm -hmm. that he would be surprised to see 15% of those people in heaven. 
And obviously, he's not making an, a categorical, empirical statement. Correct. It's just he's he's basically expressing an opinion based on how people live. Correct. Because the, if the Bible says it's by their fruit you know them, what he's essentially saying is the fruit would seem to suggest that, <laughs> that it, it didn't take. It, it, right. Uh, and that scares me uh, as much as it does when I read the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus talks about this experience of, of uh, someone who would classify themselves as a believer standing in front of him in heaven and saying, Lord, Lord, and calling out to him and him saying, I, I don't even know who you are. Uh, that's a scary thought. And so um, it, it makes you begin to wonder uh, what, what would happen if we could get a hold of that 85% from within the church, what would happen to our community? What would happen to our church? I think oftentimes we're looking at the church to make that change in those people uh, rather than the people to make a change in the larger church. Okay, so I I like this, um, but let me push back a little because I realize that as much as Billy Graham was one of the most highly respected evangelists and ministers of our, of I, I shouldn't say our generation, he's not my generation, but I mean of a generation I was alive while he preached, right. is what I mean when I say our generation. So um, the fact is he's still human, he's still a man expressing an opinion. So if I were to ask you to back up this contention, this idea that the insider needs what it is that Historia Ministry Group is bringing, what you feel God has laid on your heart to help grow and develop from the inside so that people become more mature followers of Christ. What, 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 what's some, do you have any data to back up these uh, contentions? Sure. So we, uh, we went out and looked at Barna Research. You're probably familiar with them. From yeah, the Barna the Research Church. Group. Yeah. They're one of, the, one of two probably of the top uh, research groups out there. Yeah, I would say arguably the top. Yeah. Okay. Among and, evangelical uh, charismatic Christians, yes. If you go uh, searching on their site uh, to see some of the, the different reports that they've done uh, over the course of the years for whether it's tithing, uh, just giving, generosity mm-hmm. for people um, of their time, of their resources, uh, it's littered with articles about how a small percentage, uh, 10 12% of people are actually giving and tithing. And I think that's a direct reflection of where your heart's at. And so, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of reports on there that show it. And um, it's it's heart-wrenching as you read through them. What are some of the others in addition to giving? What Let's talk about, say, for instance, uh, um, uh, commitment to living out the values of Scripture, as professing Christ followers. So so by that I mean, uh, okay, so someone says, I go to church, I read the Bible, I, I do this. Um, how, what, is, is there any com- are there any conversations about or s- surveys or statistics on that sort of thing? I'm just curious. Well, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so uh, what specific uh, s- statistics did, did you... Um, it, there was uh, there's one survey that comes to mind that I'm thinking of that's not just around uh, giving to your point yeah. uh, because I know that's only one measurement um, where they had evaluate they had asked these pastors in the community mm-hmm. uh, a collection of them 
what percentage of your congregation do yeah. you feel like uh, their faith is is their top priority in their life? Okay, that's a, a great example of what I'm talking about. Right, yeah. and so those uh, the pastors would would go on to say seventy percent was the average that they thought uh, of people in their congregation that would say my faith is is driving my life. It's my top priority. Uh, and when they went and uh, and evaluated all of the people, did the research on all of the people, it came back as 15%. 15? 15. 15% 15 of those people said that they lived their life guided by their faith. Okay, so good. Um, so here's what we've pointed out. Billy Graham uh, contends that he'd be surprised. Again, mm-hmm. this is not empirical, but he said he'd be surprised if more than 15% of the people that he had reached over the course of his evangelistic outreaches Mm -hmm. during his lifetime, he saw in heaven, uh, suggesting that 85% uh, for the moment had goosebumps and uh, great emotional responses, but then they walked away or turned away completely from the And I would argue that that 85% includes people that are serving, people that are... As in who are attending church. Yeah, absolutely. People that are serving with their time, even. I would argue that the 85% includes staff, that it includes pastors. So are you saying that when you think about that 85% that Billy Graham is talking about, this might be partly or part of the group that Jesus addresses when he says they come to him and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do this in your name? And he would say, depart from me, I never knew you. Correct. Wow, that's and a... it's a scary thought. It's a scary thought. Yeah. It's a scary thought. So, okay. With that being said, then, I get why you're calling. You feel like God has just really stirred on your heart mm-hmm. to pour into the 85% mm-hmm. that are in church, so to speak, that have made a decision but are not necessarily fully living out the purpose and calling that God has on their lives. So what is it that Historia does? What is it that you feel like you'll do? And how do you see that playing out in practical terms to help bring these people back into a deeper, more covenant relationship with Jesus? I think that relationship, that heart change... Uh, is not the work of Historia. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. But uh, the program that we've laid out, really, um, we went into it with the focus of how do we facilitate that for people? How do we provide them with an opportunity to really experience God, really experience Him? Uh, a lot of people will say they believe in Him, they know Him, they know of Him. Uh, but to have how much has God been experienced in your life? You ask somebody that, they, there's, it gets cloudy. It gets cloudy really quick. And I think the church is running past things, um, you know, some of the basics about faith. And so inevitably, we're going to go through a difficult time in life. And when that happens, our faith comes into question uh, if those things aren't shored up. So essentially what you're saying is what shows up in the midst of chaos and trial and tribulation is what is actually really in you. We're seeing it in the world. So like right one now. of those um, 
uncrustable sandwiches that are filled <laughs> with peanut butter and jelly. When you squeeze it under pressure, mm-hmm. peanut butter and jelly comes out. Yes. Uh, that's the real litmus test. It is, is. When you're squeezed under uh, tension and pressure, what comes out is then what really is in you. We, uh, my wife and I, Lori and I, had the opportunity to um, work within the church, to serve within the church and do uh, the assimilation process of moving people through a process of, uh, you know, okay, uh, they want to know more. They want to join the church. They want to be in relationship with Jesus. How do we move them to the next step? And so we did, uh, we facilitated those classes for a Mm -hmm. long time. We got to hear a lot of people's stories and just saw unbelievable things happen in that room. But too many Mm -hmm. times um, we move them through a process really quickly and that doesn't give the the full foundation of faith that they need for when Monday morning shows up or quite honestly, as soon as you get out of the side of the church and get in the car in the parking lot, mm. uh, you can get behind somebody and the old behaviors resurface. And I'm not suggesting that those would go away immediately with this faith, but it's hard to find people that are really living out a Christian faith. Uh, at home, in the marriages, in their families, in their finances, uh, and that's it's it's clear from some of these research reports yeah. uh, that that's the case. So, the reality then is that uh, what you're called to do in the church is is a really big job of of helping. Well, like you pointed out, rightly so, that it's the work of the Holy Spirit, but you are facilitating this journey for people, moving them um, towards that deep intimacy through uh, the work that you guys are doing at Historia Ministry Group. So if someone wanted to know more about the work you're doing and get connected with that, what do they need to do? Sure. So uh, first and foremost, I just want to make sure it's clear that we we see ourselves as a support to the local church, and mm-hmm. we see ourselves as a support to local mental health community, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's so much of that tied in here. Um, and and so we're not trying to be a church. We're trying to, to help the church be effective uh, is where I feel like we've been called. Uh, to get involved with us, there's so many different things happening right now. It's clear that God's hand is in in what we're doing, and we're really pumped about the things that are going on. But if um, if you want to get involved in some way, shape, or form, you can go on our website, www.historiaministrygroup.com. Uh, and, and that's I-S-T-O-R-I-A. Yep, Historia. Uh, it's a Greek word for history and for story, and so there's a, a cool background as to why we went in that direction. But um, you can go on there, and there's uh, general contact information and reach out to us. Um, we'd love to hear from you and uh, love to walk walk through your story with you. Well, Chris, it's been, as always, such a pleasure to have you on. And as always, we wind up, and our conversations flow so easily and naturally between us that time just zips by and we never know. We don't realize how much time has gone by. But thanks, buddy, for doing this. And um, uh, as usual, we'll have you again next season. All right. Thank you guys for listening in and uh, see you next week. Thanks for joining us on the Open Spaces podcast. If you enjoyed it, then please like it and share it with your friends. We'd really love to connect with you. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Open Spaces podcast. Podcast.